Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we're continuing our introduction to the gospel series. We are in Matthew chapter 22, and we're picking up at verse 15. If you're just joining us, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode because that picks up at the beginning of chapter 22. And just as a quick note, if you are looking for additional resources to dive a little bit deeper on this content, I do have some things that we have available to you to help you understand and process. We have daily journaling prompts, and I love journaling because it helps you get this information from your head to your heart. We also have a kids episode that takes this content and explains it for kids ages 6 to 12. And then we have family discussion guides that really help you unpack what we're learning so you can learn to hear God's voice together as a family a little bit more clearly. So all of those are located on our Patreon with ad-free episodes. You can check the show notes for links for that. And so I'm reading from the NASB. And again, I'm in chapter 22, starting at verse 15. It says, then the Pharisees went and plotted together how they might trap him in what he said. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God and truth and do not care what anyone thinks for you are not partial to anyone. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it permissible to pay a poll tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their malice and said, why are you testing me? You hypocrites show me the coin used for the poll tax. And they brought him a denarius and he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Then he said to them, then pay to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And hearing this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. On that day, some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus and questioned him saying, teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother as next of kin shall marry his wife and raise up other children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us and the first married and died and having no children, he left his wife to his brother. It was the same also with the second brother and the third down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died in the resurrection. Therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her in marriage. But Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken since you do not understand the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. So there's really two things that are going in this passage. It opens up with this scene talking about the tax. And we open up with the group of Pharisees who, again, are trying to trick Jesus again now with this tax question. And it's interesting in this text that it mentions the Herodians. We don't see them very often, just one other time in the Gospels. But typically, the Herodians and the Pharisees did not work together. The Herodians were known for specifically working for Herod, and the two groups really were in conflict with each other most of the time. 
But the Pharisees were intentional with this because if they were attempting to trick Jesus and that attempt was successful, they would need witnesses. There was a Jewish legal requirement that there had to be witnesses before you could charge somebody, especially when they're trying to accuse Jesus of being in opposition to the law. So the Herodians, they were a group of people who wanted full Herodian rule in Judea, which of course is now being controlled by Pilate and Rome. They wanted the son of Herod to have control all over all of Herod's former territory. And because the Pharisees were a different kind of leadership, they normally were in conflict with them. But they had this common enemy in Jesus because any kind of messianic figure would cause Rome to kind of tighten its control over the area, which was the opposite of what they wanted. They wanted Rome to have less control. So Jesus was a common threat to each of these groups and they were working together. And so they have this question about taxes, saying, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Either way, they were trying to trap Jesus by his answer, because either answer that he gave, it could be used against him. It was a legal requirement to pay taxes to Caesar. But what that referred to was this family name that Julius Caesar had become. It was a title for the Roman emperors that came after him. So at this time, Tiberius was the emperor of Rome, but his title would have been Tiberius Claudius Caesar Augustus. As the emperor of Rome, he would have been referred to as Caesar, but his name was really Tiberius. And taxes at this time were a really difficult subject for the people of Israel and actually really all of the Roman subjects because they were all under heavy taxation. But in this area, the family of Herod taxed them even more heavily than what Rome required because those taxes were how they paid for their building projects. They paid for their military. They paid for their expensive lifestyles. And then the religious leaders also had their own taxes like the temple tax, and that's how they paid for their expenses. So the people were literally exhausted by taxation. It was estimated that at this time frame in this area, about 49% of a family's income would go to taxes. And I know we think we have it bad, but think about 49%. That's a ton of money going towards taxes. And so by asking him about taxes, they're trying to either get him to choose between paying the taxes to Rome, which they're pretty sure he opposes Rome because he opposes their kind of leadership. If he were to say no to paying the taxes, that would put him in this category of basically revolting, which then they could charge him according to Roman law. There was a tax revolt two decades earlier, and the leadership took any hint of that kind of revolt very seriously, and it would have been grounds for them to arrest him. The Herodians would have had him arrested. That's why the Pharisees brought the Herodians into this scenario. But if he says yes to paying the taxes, he risks losing favor with the people because they are so oppressed by the taxes. And so what's Jesus do? He looks at the coin, which shows a picture of Tiberius Caesar. And at the time, most Jews did not like the fact that Tiberius had his name and his face and the inscription, son of the divine Augustus, on his coins. One, they didn't like that the fact that the emperor considered himself a god. They considered themselves divine. And then also the Jewish people didn't use images. That was according to Old Testament law. And so many of the coins that they used in this area did not have the emperor's image on it. However, this specific kind of coin was what was required to pay taxes in Palestine. So if they were going to pay taxes, then the Jewish people were forced to use this coin, no matter if they liked it or not. So if the people listening in this conversation were truly concerned and passionate about not paying taxes, they shouldn't even have that coin on them yet. 
They do. And so what's Jesus say? Give to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God what's God's. And one of the things that we see Jesus teaching here is that the believers are going to have to continue to deal with the government, even if it's oppressive. We see that again later in the New Testament. Paul teaches on that. But God as a creator has authority over all creation and everything in it. But by saying that this money belongs to Caesar, Jesus is affirming that these kinds of things are secondary. The primary concern is a heart that is surrendered to God, and that's always going to be the priority. But as human beings, we bear God's image. This coin, which bears Caesar's image, is not as important as someone's heart. All of the money that someone has, as well as their possessions, all of that belongs to God and because God created it all. So this is a secondary issue. And then it goes on and it talks about the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees were a little bit different. They did not believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees would have considered the Sadducees as heretics because they only follow the Pentateuch, which was the first five books of the Old Testament. Resurrection is something that we learn more about in the later part of the Old Testament. But the Sadducees only lasted as a group until about AD 70. So you really don't hear about them too much as we go on in the New Testament. But they are questioning the law of Leverite marriage, which was a cultural custom at the time that provided for widows within the family, because at that time, remember, women could not really support themselves. So if a woman's husband died, especially if they did not have any children yet, any sons, the brother would become responsible for her. And that was designed to carry on the family line and really allow the woman to continue that line and produce an heir. So this conversation that's happening right now, this was a common way that they would define Jewish law by having teachers debate hypothetical situations. And this story is said to come from a Jewish book called the Book of Tobit, and it's most likely not a real situation. Could it happen? Yeah, but it's hypothetical. And then Jesus responds by pointing out that their doctrine or their position is wrong as he refers to the resurrection, likely because they specifically don't believe in it. He is correcting them. Remember, Jesus is the one that can correctly interpret the Old Testament and the law. And so he's literally saying, you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. He's essentially saying, read the rest of the book. And although the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection, they also don't believe in angels. And Jesus is, again, correcting them, pointing out that once people are resurrected, they would be like the angels and not continue this practice of marriage. And so there's kind of two birds with one stone where he's talking about the angels and the resurrection. And he's essentially saying to them, you don't know what you're talking about. And just a quick word on this. Many people think that this means that you won't be married to your spouse in heaven, and that's not what this says. It says that they will no longer be given in marriage, meaning that there will be no need for marriage because you will have every longing fulfilled in Jesus. But he isn't going to separate you from someone that you love. You have to remember heaven is better, not worse than earth. God is love. You will know your family in heaven and you will still love and experience the love of your spouse in heaven. If anything, it's going to be exaggerated and bigger and better and more, not less. The Jewish teachers would sometimes argue by telling people, go and read a certain portion of scripture. But what Jesus does, it's even a harsher thing by saying, have you never read that? And I love that because I think this helps us understand that even Jesus is saying, if you don't understand something, keep reading. One of the things that I say all the time on the podcast, and if you've never heard me say it, I want you to pay attention now. 
it's really dangerous to read out of context. We have to read scripture within the context of scripture. Taking one verse or one story or one passage out of context and arguing about it is not how we're to understand the scripture. We're supposed to understand scripture through the meta narrative of scripture, meaning meta meaning big, narrative meaning story. What's the big storyline of scripture? We have to have un- an understanding of everything through the lens of Jesus. And so if there's something that you don't understand, don't pick that apart as a way to prove a contradiction in the Bible. Keep reading. Jesus is telling them literally keep reading. And then this final portion, he again refers to the resurrection and he refers to the patriarchs. I love it. He says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Well, of course, the patriarchs at this point are deceased. But what Jesus is saying is he's using God in the present tense. God is the God of the patriarchs in the present tense because they're still alive in heaven. They are resurrected and they're with God eternally. And the covenant that God made is everlasting, even after death. Death doesn't break that covenant. Death is not the final word for them. And it's not the final word for us. I love that. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and reread starting at verse 15. It says, then the Pharisees went and plotted together how they might trap him in what he said. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God and truth and do not care what anyone thinks for you are not partial to anyone. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it permissible to pay a poll tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceives their malice and said, why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the poll tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Then he said to them, then pay to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And hearing this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. On that day, some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus and questioned him, saying, teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother as next of kin shall marry his wife and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us, and the first married and died, and having no children, he left his wife to his brother. It was the same also with the second brother and the third down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her in marriage. But Jesus answered and said to them, You're mistaken, since you do not understand the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven." But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Let's pray. God, thank you for the way that you reveal your heart and your character and your nature through your word. God, help us to take away something fresh and new from this passage today. Help us to recognize that there's a danger in reading out of context and we have to always read through the lens of Jesus. So God, I pray for conviction in the areas of our lives where we may have done that in the past. And God, I pray for a renewed vision and a renewed perspective that that we would see that it is important to recognize the whole book and we need to keep reading if we're confused. God, I thank you that death is not the final word for the patriarchs or for us. God, What an encouragement that is for us today. And Lord, I pray for my friends that are listening even today, that your word would be an encouragement for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, friends, real quick before we go, I just want to update you that 
For many of you, you already know that we have partnered with Compassion International as one of our main sponsors of the show. But I did not realize that many of you do not know what Compassion International is. So we are going to be doing a show this Friday that answers a lot of questions about who Compassion is, what Compassion does, and how you can get involved. I love that because even though I have known Compassion for a long time, I am always one to ask the question why. You guys know that about me. If I know the why, I can get behind it. But I think I jumped into this partnership with the assumption that you guys knew what I was talking about and what I was doing. So I have a special guest coming on from Compassion this week, and we're going to talk about all things Compassion. What are the areas of the world that they're working in? What is their heart? What is the ministry that they're doing? And I want you to have an understanding of why I've chosen that the tithe of the show is going to be going to Compassion. It's going to be a great episode. So I encourage you to join us this Friday. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.